Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Thank you, Rural Scoop listeners, for joining me. I'm excited to be able to talk with Dr. Bruce Johnson. Dr. Johnson is the Dean of the College of Education, a professor of environmental learning and science education, and a Paul L. Lindsay and Kathy J. Alexander Chair at the University of Arizona located in Tucson. We'll be discussing some of the opportunities for rural teachers or aspiring teachers that are here in Arizona and talking about the critical need for providing post-secondary opportunities for rural teachers and some of the ways that those are being provided. Bruce, are you ready to give us the scoop? Ready to go. Fantastic. Well, first, before we get started, can you give the listeners a bit of background information about you and where you're coming from? Uh, Certainly. Thank you, Melissa. Um, So I actually graduated my undergrad degree in elementary education from Northern Arizona University, our fine partner institution. Uh, My first teaching position was in Osborne School District, uh, Randview Middle School in in Central Phoenix. Uh, Then I I taught also in Page, Arizona, Page Middle School. Um, And then I taught for a long time elementary school in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right next door. Um, I've also have a, a, a long background in uh, working in and directing outdoor schools, um, environmental learning centers, um, and that kind of work. Um, I did get my PhD at University of New Mexico in educational psychology, and I came to Tucson to the University of Arizona uh, 20 years ago um, as assistant professor, and I've been teaching environmental learning and science education since then. Um, and involved in lots of kinds of projects, uh, mostly in Southern Arizona, uh, related to that. Um, I, I became Dean of the college uh, three years ago, and so I'm looking forward to being able to share some of the things we've been working on in those years. Well, fantastic. So let's get into that. Let's talk a little bit about what's new at the College of Education at the University of Arizona. Yeah, so our big push the last couple of years is to increase access to our programs for people who, to be honest, we haven't always served really well, Um, working adults, career changers, and and those in rural communities. Um, We've had marvelous education programs for for decades um, that we're very proud of, but they've mostly been for people who were either in Tucson, uh, mostly um, full-time students, uh, often very traditional undergraduates, and we realize that we're, we're missing out on opportunities to provide programs for many people who that just doesn't work for. So we're working really hard to do that. One of the things that, that, that I want to point out is that the University of Arizona has, since the 1990s, has had a branch campus in Sierra Vista called UA South, and they have early childhood, elementary, and secondary teacher preparation programs there those programs joined our college uh, this last summer, so they are now fully part of our college. Um, we're, they we're still offering programs and throughout Southern Arizona as they did, but now we're working very closely with those faculty, and we're really excited because they bring to us some real expertise in doing things like distance and hybrid education programs, uh, working in rural communities, um, 
and those relationships. So that's a real benefit to all of us. A couple other um, new, th fairly new things we have is we have a, a program called Indigenous um, Teacher Education Program, which is preparing uh, native teachers from, from communities throughout Arizona and to become elementary teachers and to teach schools with large numbers of native students. Um, this is federally funded and it's provided um, some really nice support for students to be able to come and, uh, and have the kinds of supports they need to be successful. Um, and we have our first graduates who are already across Arizona working um, in schools throughout the state. And we have a new cohort now and looking, we're already working on our next cohort. So that next cohort, so that's a very exciting project. It's very innovative. Um, and it's already become uh, something people are paying attention to around the country for, for how you do this in ways that really honor the indigenous peoples and, and their ways of knowing their ways of education. We are also um, proudly a new institutional sponsor of the Arizona Rural School Association. Mm -hmm. We're really happy to be involved in that and really look forward to partnering with, with rural schools and districts to really help see what we might be able to do to help. Uh, with the education needs you have. Finally, I just want to mention, as, as probably many of you know, there is now state money for the Arizona Teacher Academy, which provides uh, full tuition and fees uh, for students who pursue teaching degrees, undergrad or graduate, at any of the three state universities or at Pima or Maricopa Community Colleges, um, who agree to teach in any public schools in Arizona. And we're full participants in that. And so we're excited about that because it really does provide a financial resource to people who really do want to become teachers and maybe just can't afford what I will admit is very expensive tuition at the universities. Yes. And, and so to remove that barrier, I think, is really going to benefit our public school system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really important. And, and I know the legislature is working on uh, the governor's proposed budget at the moment, and, and there may be even more money for this in the future. Well, so let's let's dive into some of the programming that I know the University of Arizona has that rural districts really should know about. Um, and the first of those is the Teach Arizona program. Can you talk about that? Right. So Teach Arizona is is actually a program we've had. I believe this is our nineteenth or twentieth year, um, but it's, it was only in Tucson originally, and then expanded to the Phoenix area. Now we're expanding statewide. It's a fast track master's plus secondary teacher certification program designed for people who already have an undergraduate degree in some kind of content area. Um, this could be people, some of the people in the program are straight out of college, but many of the people are career changers. Um, so we have a wide, very wide range of people in the program. It's a one year fast track program. It begins in May each year and students graduate the following May. And from mid-May through July, students take classes with us. And then starting in uh, late July or early August, whenever schools start up, they are placed in a classroom, in a secondary classroom, either middle or high school classroom in their content area. And they work in that classroom all morning uh, for the entire school year. So they really do get to see the full school year mm. and stay in the same classroom all year. Then in the afternoons or evenings or or on weekends, they take classes with us. Most of those classes um, are hybrid classes. So they are online with an occasional, like once, to, once a month, face-to-face -face meeting. 
but that face, even that face-to-face -face meeting could be done for people in rural schools via technology. The technology to, to be able to participate by distance has just changed remarkably mm -hmm. in the past few years. And it really is incredible how well this works now. And so, so rural students can participate. Most, almost all the classes they take are fully online, um, asynchronous, so they can do the work whenever they can fit it in their schedule. Um, so the, the big commitment is having mornings to be in a classroom mm -hmm. every day. Um, and then there is one class, a methods class, and whatever the content area is, where teachers do need, they can participate by distance remotely, but they do need a certain time of the day because or a certain time of the week because those classes um, actually have some students face-to-face -face and some remotely. So there's a certain one time uh, in the week where they will have to actually participate with other students. Um, so this enables us, students in any part of Arizona, to participate in this program for the first time. Um, so students are in the program, they graduate the following May, they have a Master of Arts in Teaching and Teacher Education, they're eligible for Arizona Secondary Certification, um, and this is for a broad range of subject areas, for different sciences, or math, or English, or history, um, or um, world languages, and students in this are also eligible for Teachers Academy funding, which, which can cover all tuition and fees for the entire year. Um, so this program has, as I said, has a very good track record. Our, our graduates are snapped up by, by schools. Um, and our graduates also have a very, we have a really good track record of graduates staying in the profession being retained um, because it is a really good preparation program. And part of that is because they do, students do get to spend an entire school year in a classroom, mm -hmm. which is wonderful wonderful preparation so students always really highlight that as one of the keys and and we're really excited this year for the first time to open that up to students in rural communities we have our first uh, students joining us this coming may from rural communities uh, there is still uh, it's getting a little bit late but there is still time if people are interested you can um, contact me or come go to our college uh, website and it's really easy to find information on teach arizona and our folks will be happy to chat with you about how this might work for you or someone you know. And Bruce, there's a there's a commitment that needs to be made by the the student that's going through this program. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, the only commitment is if they accept funding from Teachers Academy. Um, so if they accept funding for this program or any other Teacher Academy funding to cover all the tuition and fees, then they're required to teach in any public school in Arizona for the length of time that they are funded. Now, this program, because it's full year, it's really three semesters. So May to July is a semester and then the following fall and spring. Mm -hmm. So it's really a year and a half, which means you really need to cover, commit to two years of teaching in Arizona public school. Right, right. Uh, but it's any public school is eligible, including charter schools. Let's let's transition to another uh, program that the U of A is is working with, and that's called the Pathways to Teaching. And this one is one that focuses on a grow your own concept. Talk to us about this opportunity. Yes, this is a new partnership we have with Sunnyside School District in South Tucson uh, to prepare elementary teachers. So Sunnyside is one of those districts that has a great need for elementary teachers, and they have classrooms they can't fill every year. 
So they have to use emergency certified teachers or long-term subs. And so this is uh, meant to address that situation. Uh, We're focusing uh, on paraprofessionals who are already working in their schools um, and also residents of the community um, and graduates from Sunnyside High Schools. The idea is that if we find local people they're already committed to the community, in some cases to the schools themselves, mm-hmm. and they want to stay and work there. And then the, the unique thing about it is that we're able to use funds that the district would be spending on long-term subs or emergency certified teachers to help fund the students. So we not only cover all the tuition for the students, but we give them a $1,000 a month living stipend. Wow. And so, so that's the unique part about it. And the way this works is that this is designed for people who already have a community college, two years of community college, so they meet the general education requirements of the university, uh, and then they're ready to come into two-year teacher preparation program, essentially junior and senior year of undergrad. But we condense that into 17 months. So we start in January, and the following May, 17 months later, they graduate. Uh, we have four semesters. We treat summer as a regular semester. Mm-hmm. So we have spring, summer, fall, and the following spring. The first two semesters in the program, our students are taking lots of university courses, but all the courses are taught in a Sunnyside classroom. So we're, we're out, our faculty are out in the school. The students are all in the school. Um, they're all together in a cohort. And then when they're not in classes with us, they spend the rest of their time I'm doing field work in a classroom in one of the Sunnyside schools. So they're already getting lots of immersion in classroom experience from day one. Then the third semester, which is fall, we pair students together and they serve as teacher of record in a classroom that Sunnyside does not have filled with a certified teacher. Wow. That's what allows us to use the money they would be spending to pay the students. And then, so they, they're in that classroom as a pair. They, they have both university and school district mentorship while they're in there, but they are the teacher of record together. When they are ready and when another classroom opens up, we split them so that each one by spring semester has their own classroom and their teacher of record. And so the idea is we front load much of the coursework in the, two, the first two semesters there's fewer, much fewer coursework requirements during those final two. There, there is a little bit they need to do. Um, and so by the time they graduate, then they have a bachelor's degree. They're eligible for elementary certification in the state. Um, and hopefully they've been able to do this without debt because we're paying all their tuition and giving them a living stipend. Mm-hmm. This is obviously working in Sunnyside. It's the first district we've done this with. We have other districts um, in the Tucson area who are interested in this model. So this is our first trial, but we think this could also work in rural areas. We realize that rural districts, most are fairly small, and so they probably don't have the numbers of empty classrooms and, and to be able to fill up a full cohort. But with the abilities of distance um, and remote participation in classes these days, we could put together a cohort across a few different rural districts and make this work. Um, so we haven't done that yet, but we're excited to talk with districts who might be interested in pursuing this idea with us. Uh, we're talking with another district in Tucson area about doing this for cohort of special ed teachers. Oh. And so, so there are lots of possibilities for this. Um, again, taking advantage of, of the kind of unique funding model that, again, might allow people who 
if you're a paraprofessional, a classroom aid or something in a classroom, it's pretty tough to think how you're going to quit your job and, and pay university tuition. And this is a way to try to make that possible. That's a very exciting program. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We have some really fantastic students in the program right now. And we're already working with a bunch of other students who are preparing to for our second cohort. So people are very excited. Well, you're not just focusing on getting people certified to teach, but you also have some professional development opportunities for teachers that are already in the classroom. Uh, introduce us to the Teachers and Industry program. Right. So, so Teachers and Industry is a program that is designed for STEM teachers who are already working in schools. Now, we define STEM fairly broadly and include CTE teachers. Um, mostly middle and high school teachers. We do have elementary teachers participate as well. And the basic idea is that teachers are paid to work in the summer in a business that somehow uses STEM in the workplace. They work four days a week and they're paid industry wages those four days. And then the fifth day, they take a class with us. And the class is really meant to help them analyze what are the actual STEM practices that are used in the workplace and how can I bring those back to my classroom. And so the average salary, I should first point out that salaries vary a great deal across or somewhat across the businesses because the teachers are actually hired and employed by the businesses, not by us. Mm, okay. And so, but the average pay for the summer is $8,000. Um, and then teachers can participate for one, two or three summers. Um, and there's also an option if you participate in three consecutive summers and then take some classes remotely during the year, you can actually get a master's degree as well over those three years. And so we're preparing for our 13th summer, and we expect to have about 50 teachers in the program across the state. We started out only in Tucson the first three years. We expanded the Phoenix area. And then about five years ago, we expanded to some rural areas of Arizona. So we have teachers in many different parts of the state who've participated in this. In rural areas, our business partners tend mostly to be mines or utility companies. Um, but we've also partnered with medical centers and regional hospitals and things like that as well. And so the the benefits we hear from teachers are that they feel like they're, they're, they're getting some real, real experience on, on how STEM is used that they can bring back to their classroom and help their students understand why what they're doing in the classroom is actually relevant um, in the real world and in career opportunities. Um, and as one of, our, one of our teachers loves to talk about the fact that uh, she now has street cred with her students. <laughs> she worked in an engineering company in the summer and so the students really gain a great deal um, because of that teacher's experience. Uh, and so the program has, uh, has been going really strong. And we're looking forward to trying to find ways to expand into some parts of rural Arizona that we have not yet been to. And so in particular, if there are people in rural communities who might have ideas on how to connect us to businesses in that region, um, who we may not have had connections with, that would be marvelous. We're constantly recruiting more businesses all we can, uh, but it's much easier if we have kind of a personal introduction from someone who knows the community and knows has some kind of connection with the business. That helps us get a foot in the door to explain the program. Uh, and our, our current partners, our longtime partners, are happy to, to vouch for us and help 
recruit businesses as well, but it's really nice to have a local connection. You've been with the University of Arizona, you said for almost 20 years. And so you've been through the process of the implementation of these different programs. As you look back on them and their their development, um, what are the challenges that were faced and how were those overcome? Uh, so first off, one of the big challenges over the years has been how to help people participate remotely with, but in quality ways. And so even five, six, seven years ago, some of the initiatives we tried to get people to, to be able to come in remotely and feel like they're actually part of the class and participating fully, it was sometimes really tough. Um, but the technology has changed so much. We've invested a lot in technology here to enable that to be better. So when students come into our classes, we have technology that actually allows them to come in and participate both in large group and small group interactions in ways that, that they're an equal member of the class. And so that, that has been a game changer. Um, and so technology, I think, has the improvements in technology have really helped us. But those were some of the really you know, the big challenges we face. Um, another challenge related to that, of course, is that, you know, we have faculty concerns about whether we're going to be able to maintain quality mm-hmm. if, if we do more distance. And, and those concerns are, are legitimate concerns. And in the early days with some of the things we tried, you know, I had to kind of agree with them that, boy, it was, were, we re, were we losing too much um, integrity and too much quality? But, but that, those times have changed, and we, uh, and we have faculty very excited because the technology now allows them to grant access to people who just could not participate in our programs before, and that's really, really important for our faculty. Uh, another key implementation for all of these programs, all of our programs, in fact, um, is funding for students. Right. Um, we know that tuition skyrocketed after the Great Recession 10 years ago, and it's, it's made it really really difficult for people to be able to afford this um, because teaching is not the most lucrative profession. And so we, we really don't want students to be graduating with enormous debt that will take them a long time to pay off. So we're working really hard to find different sources for funding. So the Arizona Teachers Academy obviously is a giant help with that, but even that's not enough. Um, but our university now for the first time, starting in August, fall semester 2020, um, has the Pell Pledge. So our university is committed for any student, Arizona resident, who undergraduate student who comes to the University of Arizona, who is eligible for Pell funding, um, the university will waive all the other tuition costs. And so that, again, is a big game changer. Those are really the two big things, I think, um, technology, and funding for students that we that have been big challenges for us, but we made significant headway on both of those. Well, and, and because the programs are continuing to evolve and get better and more refined, I know that there's a lot of successes that you could talk about. Can you identify a few of those successes and then tell us your most inspiring success story? Sure, thank you. Um, so uh, for teachers in industry, this is a good example. Um, we started this program with funding from Science Foundation Arizona. And so they were interested in programs that would help retain teachers in the profession, uh, particularly STEM teachers, because that's such a high need for STEM teachers in middle school and high schools. Mm-hmm. 
And so the idea was that if we provided um, good summer employment in STEM industries, that that would help financially, but it also helps give that real world experience that helps them bring back to their classroom. And so we've had some incredible success. So in our 12 years so far of doing the program, 90% of the teachers who participated in this are still in the profession, which is pretty remarkable compared to yes. um, the normal rates that we're seeing of uh, teacher retention. Um, but the other, some other really nice things have happened. We've, we've done some, uh, some evaluation of the program for over several years and consistently have found that students in their classes are much more aware of how STEM is used, what STEM careers are, their interest in pursuing them. So we're seeing effects on students as well. One of the biggest surprises though, that's been really heartening is that we get such incredible responses from our business partners. Early on, we called the teachers who were doing this interns, that they're doing internships in the summer. And after the first summer or two, we had our, some of our business leaders came and said, you can't call them interns. Said so interns are like, you know, college, undergrad college kids who come in and, you know, make copies for you. These people are really talented. Um, they're actually producing real work for us and, and you can't call them interns. <laughs> and so, so we quit doing that. And we've had several CEOs of, of big industries here in Arizona who've come to us and said, this has changed their whole view of teachers in Arizona, that, that they really had no idea how talented these teachers are, how skilled, wow. how smart. Um, and so, so that's just been really heartening to hear that, that, that they, they're starting to recognize the talent that we have. So those are some examples of, of uh, some of the successes that have really kept us charging full speed ahead. Bruce, your background consists of a lot of rural experience. What are some of the issues that you're seeing here as an educator in Arizona? Well, it, it's really interesting because Arizona is, is such a unique state in so many ways um, because the majority of people in Arizona live in urban communities, the vast majority, and rural communities are so spread out. Um, so um, one of the things that that obviously relates to some of the challenges we've had is how we reach these often spread apart communities in ways that, that bring people in with quality and integrity with technology. And so, so the, I see is that a continuing, is a continuing issue. I know there's still, there, there are efforts being made to really increase uh, wireless and broadband access to rural communities that will mm -hmm. help with this a great deal. Those are really important, but also, um, we also have to do a better job of helping everyone understand that the education issues faced in all of Arizona, particularly in rural communities, are important for everyone to participate in. It's not just a problem for rural school districts to figure out how to get teachers. This is a problem for industry. It's a problem for everybody in the community um, and statewide when we don't have enough qualified teachers, when we don't support them well enough to keep them in the profession, and when our students don't have the kinds of educational opportunities they should have and that we should, we should be able to guarantee with a high quality public school system. So I think we, we all have to put our heads together and work together. Our, as an example, our teachers and industry program actually came out of conversations with business leaders who came to us. And they approached us and said that they realized that they want to do something for education. They realized it's really important to them 
for education for a lot of things. It's obvious when you think about they want to make sure that the next generation the workforce is properly prepared, but they're also really interested in making sure that their employees are able to send their kids to really good schools. Mm -hmm. And so for a variety of reasons, they understand the importance of education. And they came to us and said, we want to do something meaningful, but they wanted to do something also that took advantage of their expertise. And so businesses often get asked for money for particular programs and things all the time. And one of the things they told us was, you know, we have no idea which ones we should give money to. Like, how are we supposed to know which is a good program, which is worth it, which actually sure. makes a difference? Sure. And you wouldn't expect them to. And, they, and, and plus, most of them don't tap into the expertise of the business, only the money. And so this was the teachers and industry was a result of that saying, how could we leverage business expertise as well as funds um, to be able to actually make a good impact in schools? So that. I think is a, a model we need to think about with all kinds of stakeholder groups because everybody ought to be a stakeholder group for education. Well said. Bruce, are there other ways that the U of A is looking to solve some of these issues that are around education besides the three programs we've already talked about? Yeah, we're, we're exploring all kinds of ideas. Um, we're also in conversations with with NAU and, and ASU as well, because we they have programs in rural areas and they have some really good programs. We're not out to compete with them. We're trying to work together with them to figure out how we can all work together to do the best things we can for rural communities. And I think the three universities together can do more than we can apart mm -hmm. uh, because we all have particular strengths. We already maybe have connections in these parts of the state and not in those. And so it really behooves us to work together. That's probably not a natural thing for these three universities to work together, but we're really <laughs> trying to do that. Um, and, and we're just open to ideas. You know, we, I presented some programs that we think could work for rural um, communities, but we don't have all the answers. So we'd like to have more dialogue to find out what else can we do? What, what are your needs? What are the ways you think we might be able to help? And in some cases, we may be able to see, absolutely, we can do that. We'd love to do that. In some cases, unfortunately, we may say that just beyond our capacity. But we have to, we have to be in better conversation to learn because it's, it's not going to work for us to think up ideas and bring them to you. We need to, to be in conversation to, to work together to come up with these creative solutions. Bruce, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you'd like for the listeners to know about? Well, the big thing is I, I, if, if people have the impression that um, the University of Arizona um, has been a bit aloof from rural communities, maybe except for um, extension offices, which are all over rural communities, um, I want you to know that that time has changed. We are, we are eager to work with people throughout the state in whatever ways make sense um, for your community. And if anybody wanted more information about any of the things that we've talked about, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, the, the easiest way is to go to our website, which is www.coe.arizona.edu, www.coe.arizona.edu. That website has information on all of our programs, has contact information for me and for others who can help you. Um, so that's probably the simplest. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. This is really important information, and it's great programming that shows a lot of promise for our rural education community. Great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. 
proud member of the Podnuga Network.